This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Welcome back to Never My Wildest Dream podcast. I'm fortunate enough to have Coach Dan Preet with me today. Coach is a, he's a really good friend. We've uh, gotten to know each other really well over the last three, four years. I've uh, run some camps with him as well in the summertime, and we've gotten pretty uh, pretty close, been able to chat about a lot of stuff. Coach has been around high-level high school basketball his entire career. Um, there, there's no uh, lie in that. He's at his third year at Bishop Walsh. Um, he had five years at St. James, and he had 11 years at Montrose Christian under Stu Vetter, which is inevitably one of the best high school coaches of all time. Coach did a really, uh, really good job in recruiting, molding young men, and getting them to the next level, especially the Division One level, and being able to go to college for free. Um, Coach has some awesome stuff that they're doing right now. I really want him to start sharing that. Coach, you're at the St. James, aren't you? Yes, I am. And first of all, thank you for having me. And um... Yeah, uh, we've had a great relationship, and I'm really excited to be on this podcast with you. And um, yeah, we've been very lucky. We're we're getting to play in a a conference that was created kind of over the summer. Um, it's called the NIBC, and um, uh, we are in Springfield, Virginia, um, and we'll be playing our first games uh, starting tomorrow um, at the uh, St. James facility, a beautiful site over here in Springfield. Um, that's run through the Kevin Durant group. Um, so we're really excited that they're hosting us and they've uh, done an incredible job um, with protocol, putting everything together for us um, for, for the event to keep these kids safe throughout the entire time. And um, But at the same time to offer probably maybe the best event in the history of high school basketball. And, um, with these caliber of teams that are here. And to be honest with you, Coach, um, I, I'm glad you said that. That was going to be one of the questions that I was going to pose to you as we got as sat here and talked. Um, you've been fortunate enough to go and play with Montrose and the level of talent that you had. And, and you mentioned KD a second ago, and I'm, just, I'm not going to run from it or hide from it. You did coach Kevin Durant in high school. And um, so you've been around some of the best to ever lace them up. You've been to Hawaii for games at the high school level, if I'm not mistaken. You've been to the Arby's Classic. You went out and played Mater D. Last year you were in um, California. I think you took Bishop Walsh out to California for a trip. Is that correct? That's correct. We're at um, uh, the big tournament at De La Salle uh, High School in California. Yep, that's what it was. That's right. And, um, you know, so for you to name that as this is probably one of the biggest events, that, that does speak volumes. I know you're an event guy. I know you were very intricate in getting some tournaments back locally, and uh, and you did an unbelievable job with that. You're playing the number one team in the country tomorrow. And it's, I mean, you're zero and zero, so it's, and they, they've they played eight games, if I'm not mistaken. So it's zero and zero against eight games, and they're number one in the country in Montverde. How do you feel about that? What, what can you say about Montverde, and, you know, what do you see possibly the competition level from your guys in fighting back against the number one team in the country tomorrow? Well, it's, it's you know, you're going up against the beast tomorrow, and... 
You know, they are, as you said, 8-0 right now. Um, they're averaging 98 points a game, um, which is a, a very high for high school basketball. And uh, defensively, they're only giving up 41. Um, wow. So, you know, we have our work cut out for us. But as we've been working with our mentality and our emotions with our guys, um, you know, we feel blessed and lucky that we're one of the teams that gets a chance to play. Um, Absolutely. There's a lot of uh, uh, kids out there right now that don't have this opportunity. So we've been really harping on that, that, you know, we get this chance and we're going to make the best out of it. And um, yeah, our work's cut out for us, but at the same time, I've got a group of kids that are very high competitive kids that are not scared. Um, they're not going to back down from this, you know, win, lose or whatever. Um, they're going to go for 32 minutes as hard as they possibly can. So, um, you know, Kevin Boyle, the head coach down there, has coached so many pros and has, you know, taken Montverde to the next level. They were good before him, but now they're at a different level. Um, and uh, we're just really excited to be able to get a chance to play them, especially in your first game where – you know, we have nothing to lose. So we've got a great attitude going into the game. That That's awesome. Um, you know, I'm going to throw this out there just because a lot of people probably don't know this, and I'm sure you have thought about this. But so Kevin coached at St. Pat's, and he coached Kyrie, and you coached at Montrose and coached KD. So there's a little bit of fun with that in the backcourt of the Brooklyn Nets are now going to be competing. The coaches are going to be competing at the high school level. Um, you know, tomorrow. You guys tip up at what three o'clock tomorrow? Is that right? Three thirty tomorrow. Three thirty tomorrow. Um, Jalen Miller. I I was fortunate enough to meet Jalen when he I think would might have been the eighth grade or ninth grade down at St. James, and I was really impressed with that young man at that time. His work ethic was unbelievable. Um, I know you brought me in and kind of I did uh, some work for you the one day there and. His, his eyes on you from an attentive perspective as you were talking and teaching showed a lot to me from a man at a very young age, the maturity level that he had. Can you speak on Jalen, how he's doing for you now, where he's going to be playing his college ball, and what the expectation level is for him as he leads this group? Jalen Miller, um, he's originally from Arkansas. Um, he's grown up in the Urbana area. Um, he's been with me since the eighth grade. Um, where I was before Bishop Walsh over at St. James. And you, in the game today, you have a opportunity to coach a lot of different types of players. Um, and guard, the guard position has changed over the years where there's so many of these scoring point guards that aren't really point guards. Um, Jalen is the absolute true definition of a point guard. Um, he's your leader um, in practice, off the court, in the game. Um, he is an extreme competitor. Uh, he sacrifices whatever he needs to do in order to try to win. Um, and so by that, I mean there are games where he can score in the high 20s, 30s, whatever. And then there's other games where he goes, I know I've got to get my teammates involved and he runs the point like no one else. Right. And I just he's he's he signed to go play at Rutgers. Okay. Um, in the end. Um, and I expect huge things. His body has improved over the years. Um, and basically, um, he is now about six three hundred ninety five pounds of muscle. Um, but he is a young seventeen year old. 
Okay. Um, he still has years to develop, um, and that's why I think his ceiling is extremely high. But, uh, you know, he, he knows me so well. I know him so well now. Where he knows what I want. Um, and, you know, that's what you need out of a point guard. He knows when to push, and he knows when to slow you down. Um, and you don't – I don't have to coach that. So does that mean you're going to sit a little bit more tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, that's gonna, <laughs> we're, a, we're, we're a very fast team, um, but I feel very confident in a game like that, you're not going to outscore them in the 90s. No, that would be impressive. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'll spend $20 to watch you outscore them in the 90s tomorrow. <laughs> right. so I'm expecting Jalen to understand tomorrow that there's going to be times where we're going to use our speed because we are top to bottom, one of the fastest teams I've ever coached. Okay. But at the same time, you know, as I told them, I want them to play with their mind and not their pride. Got you. Um, and and, and that, that's a great point. I'm going to steal that. I, I try to take notes. So just to share with you a little bit about the podcast, not to get off topic from basketball, is to kind of give people an opportunity to hear what we what we would talk about on conversations that you and I have, you know, the behind the scenes talks, the locker room chats, the office chats, as well as passing a little bit of information on to other people that maybe are in the business or are learning and want to coach. You know, I, I really like that. That That's good. I'm going to steal that one. That's I like that a lot. Yeah, no, we, that's been a, a big point, especially with this conference where, for example, tomorrow you play, you know, number one in the country. And then on Saturday you play number 10 in the country. And then on Sunday you play number six in the country. Wow. And you're going to play against guys that are extremely athletic. And there's a, there's that basketball mentality of kids sometimes where they say, I'm going to show that I can do the same thing they can do. Right. Uh, and that can get you into trouble trying to win a basketball game. So we've been really going really hard on the mental part of this saying, Hey, you know, your mind is how you're going to be able to compete with these teams. Right. Uh, and, and really be able to say, I know when we're supposed to go and push. And then I know when we're supposed to try to take 25 seconds off that shot clock and get us a good shot. Right. And and, and that's what Jalen is so good at now. Right. And, you know, went through years of being in the situation with us playing national level teams and succeeding, failing, succeeding, failing. Um, but with all that, he learned constantly was learning how to do it. So I expect big things out of him. Cool. I expect his leadership. And I think Rutgers is going to get a point guard for four years. That's, uh, you know, going to be able to really help them take those next steps into the big 10, um, to really, you know, take off. You know, it, it's funny, and you actually kind of took my mind where I was going a little bit with the big 10, as you brought that up. Um, you know, nobody really thinks, when they think guard play, they kind of think more Duke, Carolina, Big 12, ACC. Nobody really thinks total guard play when you get into necessarily the Big 10. But when I watch Big 10 basketball, the thing that I think of the most is point guard play. Those point guards are just efficient players in getting their teams to where they need to get to in order to be successful. Now, the, the, the Big Ten teams, it's such a battle and, you know, probably arguably the best conference in college right now. Yep. But every one of the top teams have guards that can control the game with their 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 minds rather than their uh, athletic ability. They're all good athletes, but 
what's what's great about Michigan State guards, Michigan guards, Iowa guards, um, is that they really know how to control and set up a game, mm-hmm. and you know that's really important. And and you see it with some of the higher level teams, you know, as good as the Kentuckys are, you know, maybe they don't have a guard that can control that chaotic style that they're trying to play all the time right, right now, and. You know, that's hurting them. Now, mm-hmm. Recently, they played a little better because I think they've gotten better guard play. But, you know, that's what they have to do. And that's what the Big Ten is night in, night out. And that's why I think Jalen's been trained for it. Um, he's practiced it. He's dealt with it. Yep. He's failed. He's succeeded. And in, you know, 10 short months, he's going to be doing it at the mm-hmm. highest level in the country. And, that, and that's awesome. And like I said, I remember him when he, he was just a, uh, you know, a young deer kind of like a fawn running around trying to figure it out in St. James's gym. And it's been cool to watch him from a distance become a young man into a man and uh, how successful he has been both for you on and off the floor. You did make one comment that I have to go back to. He's 6'3", 195. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a country strong kid now. I was going to say, did you get him on like the Fort Hill weightlifting program or something up there? Yeah. Uh, the legend Todd Apple, uh, <laughs> his weightlifting program, but uh, yeah, no, he's he's really improved his body, and his body is starting to mature. And uh, you know, the interesting thing about Jalen is he's going to start his college career at the age of seventeen. That's unbelievable. Um, he's got still a lot of growth left to do. Yeah, he um, does. And if he's here now at this point, you can imagine with a college strength coach for two years what he's going to be absolutely absolutely incredible now i mean we talked about Jalen. i love that kid just from that's a but that's a personal thing i've got to meet him and know him a little bit who else on your roster uh would you like to talk about where they're going to go what you're kind of expecting out of those guys i know you've had been successful at pretty much every location you've been at signing guys at high major division one levels and i know you'll send them at any level and i do like i do know that and i respect that about you division three two one it doesn't matter to you you just want to get them in college so they can have the opportunity to get a college degree but on your roster right now where do you have some other guys going and how do you feel about them where they're at, at this point in the season we've got a strong roster um where you know Jalen's backcourt mate uh uh ismail habib um is one of the fastest kids i've ever coached um he's lightning he's uh committed and signed to go to austin p okay uh and uh he, he's you know, uh, uh, takes pressure off of Jalen, which we haven't had over the last couple of years, um, which we can have another lead guard to help Jalen sometimes. Um, he, he's, he's a gamer. Um, he's from Chicago. Um, and he's an extremely high competitive type kid. Um, he does not back down from anything at all. Um, so we're excited about him. Um, a man uh, that was here with us last year, um, Nestor Diachok from uh, Russia, mm-hmm. who uh, went through his learning experience in America last year, um, learning how to play at this speed. Um, he is now a senior, um, and he committed to and signed with New Mexico. Um, he's about 6'8". He's a great um, kind of a wing four type of player. Um, so we're really excited about him. But the, the one thing I want to tell you about Nestor is he's, he's, a, he's a heck of a competitor and everything else, but he's also a National Honor Society student. 
Um, That's so awesome. Kind of got the whole package. And, and we're really proud of him. You can imagine coming from Moscow to the United States to play basketball. But at yeah. the same time, this kid realized that the educational part of this was just as important, if not more important, than basketball. And, you know, his the language barrier, mm-hmm. he fought through that. And for a kid to be National Honor Society <laughs> is pretty impressive for an a international kid that spoke broken English when he got here. And he's going to New Mexico. That's going to be a uh, weather culture shock, don't you think? Moscow to New Mexico is probably going to be a little bit different year-round. Yeah, yeah. no. And and the good thing about New Mexico, the reason we chose that and he chose that was because they deal with a lot of international players. Got you, got you. So it's kind of a really good fit. Um, you know, we, we do have two other seniors that are, are uh, very big parts of our rotation. Jordan Rayford, mm-hmm. uh, who... Uh, uh, was up and down last year with a couple of little nagging little injuries, but he's healthy, and I expect him to do really well this year. Um, he is a kind of a one through three type of a player. Um, ha- has a lot of slashing abilities. Um, he rebounds really well uh, for a guard, um, so we're excited about him. Uh, Ryan Prather um, came to us this year. Um, um, he was a young man that had trouble with uh, not being able to play in, in Maryland, public schools. And there were some friends that we knew that we wanted to try to help him out. So he's part of us. He's also an incredible student. Um, and that's one of the reasons we took him more than basketball was that he was a great fit academically for us. Um, but he's also a you know high-level player. Right. Uh, and then, you know, when you start going down to our underclassmen, you know, you have Maddie. Uh, Terrell, who came to us halfway through last year, um, he's about 6'10", and he's a wing, um, and he has offers from Kansas, Oregon, Auburn, Illinois, um, uh, Maryland, um, and, and you know, a slew of others, um, and we expect really big things out of him. Um, these will be his first high school game, so he's going to be a little up and down, but his ceiling is off the charts. Off the charts. Pro? Um, NBA ceiling, you think? Yeah, I mean, he has got a real opportunity because for a 6'10 kid that is really a perimeter player, he's kind of that, you know, I never want to put pressure on a kid that he's that level when he's this young. But when you look at that body um, and that length and the ability to have a skill set of basically one through four, um, and he's an incredible shot blocker at the same time, but you know, he's a kid that can handle the ball. And once he gets this experience, I just think he's just going to blow up. I mean, he's, he's already blowing up, but I mean, I think he's going to blow up in the way that is for real, right? Know, where, you know, it's not legit. I mean, he's, he's, he's come a long way and, and he's a, and he's a great kid. Um, and then Travis Roberts played with us last year. Um, he's about a six-five uh, wing. Really shoots the ball well. Um, another really good student, um, and he's been recruited by a lot of mid-major. He has a lot of mid-majors offers. Okay. Um, and then if you drop down even farther, um, we have Malik Bowman, uh, Bowman, um, who is you know a six-nine sophomore that has the body of you know a twenty-five-year-old and um, left-handed. And again, a lot a kid with a lot of offers, 
um, learning how to play, but he has an extremely high ceiling for the next couple of years. Um, so we're excited about our, our, our group. And, you know, not only do we have good seniors, but we have really good underclassmen and we have a cycle that we'll be going through and can continue on into next season. So we feel really good right now. Well, you know, you do a hell of a job with that, and, and I do want to say that on air and, and in public, that you, you get the right kids that fit it your way, and you coach them your way, because when you recruit them, I'm sure the conversations go much as you figure out how they're going to fit you, and look, it's not going to be easy here, we do it a certain way, and then when they come, there's this almost, hey, that's coach, he's the boss, we're going to run it. And and I noticed that at St. James, I, w- I always thought that was pretty awesome. You had, you know, the uh, Golden Brothers that were able to come through and do some great things. You had some other really talented kids there. And, uh, you know, they, they listen to you, they buy into you, and I, I've always admired that from a distance, how you've been able to put these teams together with such talented kids and have them mold. And I think that's one thing for me that – a lot of people that don't understand, and I'm not going to say they don't understand the game, they don't understand the idiosyncrasies. We'll pick on Calipari for a second because you brought up Kentucky earlier. Managing all of those egos and guys that have been told they're so good their whole lives and getting them to mold is as much of a craft as it is putting skill sets on basketball players on the wing. And I think you do a really good job of making sure your team's mold, so I want to commend you on that. Well, thank you. Yeah, and that, that comes from my training through Coach Better. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, you know, you look at some of these teams and, and some of these great teams over the years, and you always kind of look at the NBA teams because they're the most in the spotlight. And some of the great teams, and you go, well, you know, Phil Jackson, you know, arguably one of the greatest coaches. There's a lot of people say, well, I could have coached Michael Jordan. Well, the management of personalities sometimes is bigger in coaching than the actual coaching itself. Absolutely. And, and so I think Coach Vetter really taught me a lot of things of how to handle that, you know, where there's a, there's, there's a pecking order, you know, and it starts with basic little things. You know, for example, our young guys right now, they carry the bags. You know, they, 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 they bring in the, uh, you know, they bring the uniform bags in They're They're in charge of it in the locker room when the game's over, they collect the uniforms, put them in the uniform bag and they carry them out. No matter if it's the best player on the team or not, right. um, young and they go through that. And that's kind of the pecking order that you have to teach these kids how to fit into a group. And, you know, hopefully most of them buy into it mm-hmm. and some of them don't, but they might learn the lesson in high school that they can take to college to be able to handle the level of college, whatever it may be, division three, two, one, whatever it may be, there's going to be a pecking order. And that's really important. You know, and I I believe it. And coach, coach taught me that. And, uh, um, it's a very big part of what we do. I like that. And and here's why I take notes every single time I have a conversation with any, anybody on my podcast. And honestly, I take notes when you and I talk in general, because I like picking your brain. Um, but that's impressive. I never really thought of it or looked at it that way, but the pecking order thing, because I follow your kids when they leave and, and they go to college and it's always fun to, you know, pull up a game, you know, whoever's playing, you pull up, you know, Butler, you pull up Richmond or you, and I'm just using those examples. And I know you had Isaiah Mucius, who's now down at Wake Forest, still playing and they're still there. They're still at the schools. They're not transferring a lot there and they're being successful. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Grant Golden is, you know, he might 
by the time this is all said and done, be one of the top scorers ever in Richmond history, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound about right? Is he getting pretty yeah. close in those numbers? Yeah, he's, he's up there. And, I mean, those guys went through it with us. I mean, you know, they, they did their time. Yep. And I'll, I'll give you a great example. And, and uh, Justin Robinson that played for us. Oh, you know, unbelievable so, kid. Greatest I mean, passer had, I've seen in, in college basketball live. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, he, I remember him telling me when, he first went to the Wizards training camp. The, the They had a morning workout, and then they had some time off, and they were going to have an afternoon. Well, the veteran said, go get us lunch. And Justin had to go over and get Chick-fil-A for John Wall <laughs> and all those guys as an NBA pecking order. Right. You know, he was the rookie. He was the young guy. Well, a lot of those guys might not be able to handle that because they've never been taught it. True. Well, you know, Justin went through that, you know, and not only was it go get the food, it was you're paying for it. And, uh, you know, here's John Wall making all this money, Bradley Beal making all this money, and Justin's only making, you know, rookie minimum. Well, he's buying the lunch. There's the pecking order right there. <laughs> now, that's an extreme example, but that's kind of what, you know, he didn't fight it. He didn't. He understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, as he went through what we did, and then when he got to buzz down at Virginia Tech, it was the same thing. He was a freshman. He went through his ups and downs, and it was a pecking order. And by the end, he was, you know, one of the best guards in the ACC. So, it's a very important part of coaching. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Buzz. I know when you and I have had the opportunities to meet and talk at different times, you always tell me, and if I get this wrong, please cut me off and say say so. When Buzz gave his first speech to Justin Robinson, he was one of the first kids he was recruiting when he took the Virginia Tech job from Marquette. You wanted to go play for him sitting in that seat. Like He was so dynamic in the way that he spoke to him that you just felt like you could go run through a wall for that man. The, the, the energy that man puts out. You know, the, the attitude, the, the, we might not be good now, but we're going to get there. Um, I'm going to help you develop and I'm going to put my arm around and love you while I'm doing it. Um, there's no one better. Yeah. I mean, he is just, uh, an incredible, incredible teacher of life. Mm-hmm. I think that rolls over to the game and that's why all his kids from wherever he's been at from junior, junior colleges, to Marquette's, to ACC, now to Texas A&M, is the kids love him and play to the wall for him. And, you know, he's, he's, just, uh, he's just a joy to, you know, to, to, to be part of being able to call him and ask him things. Right. You know, to get uh, 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 little tips. Things aren't going well, Coach. What do you think? Um, you know, every, every month I get a note from him. And Justin hasn't played for him in, you know, a couple of years now, and he still sends me notes. And um, they're handwritten, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. When he reads books, he sends me his notes from the book he read. Got you. And it's just, I, I just think guys like that, there's not enough of them. And I, I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of his uh, because of that. You, you know, it's funny you say that, Coach, because I have – um. I'm getting in, getting ready to enter my 17th season on a bench if we ever play because of COVID. And, you know, when, you, when you're a young coach and you're ambitious and it's X's and O's and coming out of timeout plays and all that stuff. But as you really get older and mature in the business, you start realizing that it's the game of life. It's the little things. It is taking the notes and writing people and thanking them with handwritten notes. 
Um, and I've learned a lot of that listening to Buzz. When I had social media, which I don't anymore, but when I had Twitter and you know Instagram and listening to his little things that he would go talk about, boxing at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, he's in the gym way before anybody else because that's how he ticks. And he does an unbelievable job of being the leader in that facet. Like, man, I don't want my coach to outwork me. I'm going to get here a little earlier. And I think he kind of he builds that culture and it just you know festers in a very good way, not in a bad way, but it festers in a very good way around the program. Yeah, no, and he told me when he was uh, uh, recruiting one of our players a couple of years ago um, at Bishop Walsh, my first year there, um, uh, Yeezy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he told me a story when I was up there that w- w- really hit home a little bit. Um, we have a tournament named after Bob Kirk, who was mm-hmm. a legendary coach at Allegheny College. Yep. And, um, you know, we, we started our big tournament up there named after him to honor him. And Buzz told me a story that when he was coaching at the beginning of his career at junior college in Texas, um, that he would write letters to Coach Kirk, um, you know, up there. And you can imagine a, a young guy in Texas writing a, a, a guy that's built a, you know, one of the best junior college programs in the history of basketball in Cumberland, Maryland. Yeah. And would write him a letter. And every time he wrote him a letter asking him for advice, Bob Kirk would return the letter. And he would give him a response, a handwritten response right back to him. And to me, that said so much about, you know, the, the honor and respect of coaches. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a, a really neat thing to hear. You know, and it was just kind of a really small world at the time that I'm in Cumberland with this. And he's telling me this story from back, you know, in the late 80s or something, you know, early 90s, whatever it was, right? Bob, Bob messages and, and just incredible. And so he learned it, mm-hmm. you know, and learned from elders like mm-hmm. Bob Kirk that been doing it for so long. So it's something that you're supposed to pass along and, you know, treat these as colleagues, not as, you know, enemies. And exactly. That that's 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 the good thing about what we're doing, and you know we're blessed to be in a conference right now that has got a bunch of coaches that have some young guys, some middle guys, and then some veteran coaches like Kevin Boyle, and then to be honest with you, Steve Smith, who's one of the legends of the game, where they want to win all the time, but they will help you out. You yeah, know? and that that's the cool thing about our conference right now is there's great players but to be honest with you there's better coaches yeah and and more fraternity i mean yeah you know i might not you know if 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 south hagerstown well we played your uh your i, I want to call varsity team not your elite team but your varsity team last year um you know and and i appreciate you having us up to your invitational as a public school in the state of maryland i thought that was awesome my guys uh we, we actually played really well. I was proud of us. That was a big win for us up there. But, you know, we learned a lot in that going up there, being around different talented kids. And they got to see, you know, maybe down in the in Washington County, as you've been able to fortune to coach here too, you know, they're kind of big fish in a really little pond. But you get up there, man, there's some real big sharks. And they got to see those guys, which was good for us and for me. Um but, you know, you've always been good to me, and it's a it's a fraternity, and we, we try to help each other. You know, maybe for 32 minutes we don't like each other because we're competing, 
But as soon as the game's over, it's a handshake and a hug and, you know, let's go grab a sandwich and we can kind of talk about what just happened. And that's kind of how I feel it is when I coach. And, and I know you do as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's part of it. And, you know, as, as you get older, you learn it better. Um, but, you know, you, you, you realize there's some, you, you get some good friends in the coaching world from this because they're all going through a lot of what you're going through. One of my good friends, Garrett O'Donnell down at um, Glen Elk country day. Yeah. Um, we talk about that all the time and where, you know, when things aren't going well, we might just call and vent to each other, but then eventually we just start talking mm-hmm. and it just feels good to be able to do that with another guy that understands, you know, the battle you're going through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's an important part of it. You know, and, and there's other coaches out there that don't like it at all and they stay totally separate and that's their that's their MO and that's what they want to do. But the good ones give back, you know, the ones that really understand that, you know, it's bigger than them. You know, it's about the kids and the whole, you know, makeup of what we're all trying to do. So, you know, we try to surround ourselves with that. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'll share this story real quick. You know, we played at at Tuscarora last year where your son was a senior in high school when you and your wife and your son came to the game. It was a double overtime win for us. And, you know, your text meant a, a lot after the game. And it was cool because you were just as far into the game as the guys sitting on the bench that were on the floor. Like, it was a very energetic game. And I really appreciated that getting back on the bus because it was like, Hey man, I, he knows what just happened. He's lived it, and you know he's just as fiery about this as I am. And I, I really felt that, and I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, no, no problem. It was fun. That was a great game too. It was a fun game to watch. <laughs> it was. Trust me, I lost a couple years. <laughs> trust me, I lost years in that game. But uh, but but it was a fun game. Um, so you guys, I know we talked a little bit before uh, we got on the air here. You guys are in the bubble. You're staying in the Homewood Suites as kind of like yep. an NBA bubble for the high school level, at that, if, if that's kind of the easiest way to put it. Um, what does your night look like tonight with a 3.30 tip tomorrow? What are you guys doing as a team, team dinner, that type thing? Yeah, we have, we have a lot of protocol. Um, you know, we've been testing every four to five days, COVID testing. Um uh, starting in uh, early, well, actually starting in Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, be able to get prepared for this. And then um, we have testing protocol now that we're here at the uh, event um, where we all have to, you know, test clean. Um, and so tonight, um, you know, study hall um, okay. is important right now. Yep. Um, so they'll be doing some of that. Um, we'll do a kind of a walkthrough. Okay. Um, tonight we'll have a, a team dinner together in the, um, one of the meeting rooms here. Um, and then tomorrow morning we have a nine 30 walkthrough shoot around. Okay. Um, uh, after we'll have breakfast at eight, um, we log into our classes after that, um, do some work. Um, we have a pregame meal and then we head over to play Montverde at three 30 tomorrow. And then they get a little bit of time to decompress. And then at nighttime tomorrow night, they have an hour and, uh, 15 minute to an hour and 30 minute study hall on Friday night. Okay. Um, uh, to catch up on anything that they missed because they were playing. Um, and so, um, yeah, their day's pretty much routine. Nice. Um, it's extremely strict um, with all the rules, so we can make sure everybody stays as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the conference has done an incredible job. And I'll I'll give the the kudos out to uh, one of my good friends, uh, Pat Holmes at La Lamere. Um, he's one that's helped create a lot of the all of this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's done an incredible job making sure that um, not only are we going to get to play great basketball, but all the kids are going to be safe. And that's the most important part of all this. Um, I know you, Coach, I know you have a huge weekend, and uh, I, I do appreciate your time. Um, I love catching up with you, but I know you have a whole bunch of stuff going on, and just to take a couple minutes and spend with me here on the podcast means an awful lot. Um, I, I, I will be watching tomorrow at 3.30. Um, and then I'll, I'll try to tune in Saturday and Sunday a little bit as well. I, I bought the package so I could see you guys play on the, uh, the internet there. So, uh, I wish you nothing but the best this weekend. And, uh, I look forward to, you know, shooting some texts back and forth with you after the games. Hey, I appreciate the time. I look forward to coming on again. Sounds good, coach. I appreciate it. Thank you. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. I really appreciate Coach coming on. I know he's a busy guy, and he's got a big weekend of basketball ahead of him. But, uh, you know, only playing three teams in the top ten in the first weekend of hoops doesn't make uh, your life very easy. But, you know, Coach seems pretty cool, calm, and collected about it. I do know that about, I don't know, 3.30 tomorrow or so, he'll start you doing his usual pacing around, and I'm sure he'll do it during the uh, the main part of the game tomorrow. But, uh I am appreciative of Coach being on and uh, and his friendship as well and his mentoring that he's helped me with. I look forward to bringing you more tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great evening and stay safe.